welcome to the fifth installment of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I can't even front. Y'all are in for a treat today. Got my man Steve Lane live on the podcast. Steve is just an amazing individual, super smart, super compassionate. And he is one of the best holistic health coaches I know, hands down. Steve and I met a while back at Paleo FX a few years ago. And I must say, it was an absolute honor to share this space with him. Y'all are going to really enjoy this one. And as always, if you find value from this episode, please share it with your family, your friends, your loved ones, even the people you don't like. And leave a five-star review. And a nice rating for the kid. Appreciate you. Enjoy the show. And welcome, my man, man, Stee. How you feeling, brother? I am doing good, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. We're in these unprecedented times, but I feel like I'm thriving through it, doing my best to help myself and help others. So That's it's been, it, man. Uh, yeah, man. It's been a really, really, really cool time for me to go in change a lot of my own systems, get creative with my work, reach out to more people, record more podcasts. So I've really been enjoying that process of going in. How's this time been for you? I kind of share similar thoughts to you. I've had a few people ask me, you know, like, how is this affecting you, especially being, you know, the dad of a newborn and, you know, like, like, what does that do? And, you know, it's just really not phasing me all that much, but I was thinking about why. And it's kind of because I, I feel like, in some way, shape or form, I've been training for this for over 10 years now, whether that was, you know, in mixed martial arts, whether that's been my more recent journeys, like, I've been training to show up in, in, you know, times of uncertainty, and when times get hard, because that's where you really find out what you're made of. So it's not really affecting me that much. And I think, you know, in times like this, I have like a lot of, um, like, I feel a lot of empathy for the people that are out on the front lines and like, really showing up in a big way. And, and that's really difficult. But I think, you know, we can only control what we can control. And I think you can either be, you know, inspired during this time and create and look to, you know, learn and grow. Or you can be, you know, scared and in fear and in desperation and, you know, go inwards and get sheltered and all of that stuff. So I think that's 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 a perspective shift and a choice. So, you know, I'm choosing to, you know, be more positive and look to do what you did. More impact, more creation, more growing, more connecting, more good chats with good humans like yourself, all of that good stuff. Mm, mm, mm. I appreciate that. And it's interesting, a quote that came up for me just now as you're speaking into that is how you don't have to get ready when you stay ready. Mm-hmm. And and I know you, because we go back almost three years now, which is pretty mm-hmm. crazy. It feels like yesterday when we first met. And I know you as a holistic health coach, you've done so many things in the domains of physical health emotional health, mental health, spiritual health that have gotten you to this point where you are now to be able to take this for a lot of people chaotic time and really still find some stillness and Mm. still grow through this time. I would love to hear some of your experience and things that you've done to prepare yourself for this point. Some of the specifics that you found have been really valuable. Yeah, for sure. So I think the the analogy I keep using when I'm talking to clients and and talking on social media at this time is, is all about like, uh, routines and systems. And the way to think about that is almost like being, being a tree, you are the tree. And how deep do your roots run? You know, if you've got deep roots, when that storm comes, which is something unpredictable in life, like now, but you've got deep roots, because you have these systems in place, and you have these routines and these habits, then you can kind of weather the storm and still stand tall, and even maybe support the trees around you. But if you don't have roots, that's a problem, because the storm comes and you might get blown over. And now you're getting toppled all around. And you just, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of, uh, you know, when the when the kind of storm passes or not. So I think for me, it's just been a continual journey of, of adding more tools to that tool belt. And, you know, that's been everything from, you know, cultivating discipline with how I treat my body in terms of how I move it and how I feed it. 
how I cultivate a positive mindset in terms of, you know, what practices do I have to, you know, monitor my mind, whether that's meditation and journaling and, you know, watching that self-talk when it tends to get a bit negative and noticing that and going in to change some of those stories, whether that's, you know, having a more natural, holistic approach to life in general, you know, better circadian rhythms, you know, uh, rising with the sun and not having too much artificial light in the evenings. All of these things have been things that I've acquired over my journey that has really, you know, been been almost a decade now, but has really been up leveled in like the last five years or so where I've really started to take these things very seriously. And like you said, it's just allowed me to have this kind of grounded, peaceful energy in the storm because I've got deep roots and I feel like I'm not going to get uprooted by something like this, regardless of how bad it gets and regardless because I do have that mentality that, you know, this this is hard but this is happening for me and there's opportunities to learn here and what people really need right now are, are, are leaders to show them the way and to be a source of inspiration and that's kind of the role that i like to step up into in times like this man i love that analogy you just used of the tree and how the deeper your roots lie it allows you to weather this storm right. and based off of what i just heard you say it's all of these routines and these systems that you've developed over the last 10 years and especially these last five that have enabled you to take a situation like this and really grow and be mm. there not only to help yourself, but to help your clients and your friends and your family and those all around you. And I feel the same way. I'm very much a big believer in developing skills and taking those skills and tools and incorporating them into my morning routine, my nightly yeah. routine, my midday routine, so that it becomes automatic. And even yeah. when something crazy like what's going on now with COVID-19 and, you know, the panic and the, you know, the negative mindset that is, that's embodying a lot of people, because I've done the other work so often and so consistently for so long, like you said, I'm not letting this like blow me over. I'm not right. letting this take away from my peace or take away from my passion or my vision. I'm actually letting this like better fuel me and right. come out even stronger. What are some of the things that you're having your clients really do now when they're when they might be in this mode of like shit, like yo, shit is is tough right now. I don't mm -hmm. know what to do, like. How are you having them still keep that same mentality and still go hard during this time? Yeah, it's a, a lot of talk right now about doubling down on all of those practices and not allowing, you know, the the uncertainty and the changing circumstances to derail all of these positive habits that they're building because habits really dictate you know, what we do, because these are the automatic behaviors that we do day after day after day. And if, you know, something can kind of get you off course, then that habit wasn't fully ingrained. So just reminding them to, you know, cultivate and, and really get back in touch with the why. And, you know, a lot of that is deeper than, you know, I want to lose a bit of weight or whatever, you know, a lot of these are parents and they want to be there for the kids and they want to be good role models. So really getting them to reconnect with that deeper stuff so that they can cultivate more of that discipline. Because I'm, I'm you know, always talking about how motivation is is not a sustainable um you know kind of thing that you want to rely on because mm. it's gone like a fire in the wind as soon as life gets crazy as soon as something like this happens if you've been someone that needs motivation to show up for yourself then you're going to find yourself stuck slipping into back you know backwards into bad behaviors because motivation is reserved for when you know everything is great and life is good what you really need is discipline and discipline is the difference between what you want now which is usually rooted in you know comfort and you know safety and uh, versus what you want forever which is you know that deeper meaning that purpose that that long-term vision of health being a role model whatever that looks like so you know you know challenging them to step up and really show discipline and that means sometimes showing up even when you don't want to that means sometimes you know even though life is crazy and you feel very uncertain right now and you're anxious and you just want to eat all your feelings that you still show up and and you know feed yourself nutritious food and you still get on your mat and you do your movement and you still sit your butt down and you do your 10 minutes of meditation because they they are the things that are going to keep you through this thing and, and make you come out the other side as a person that, you know, is in some control and, you know, just then more kind of conversations about 
you know, just accepting this thing, right? And, and just completely accepting it because resisting it, which is what a lot of people do, it, it only creates further dis-ease in the body because you, you can't change it. There's not a decision that could have been made that will make this any different because it just is what it is. And any amount of thinking and wishing it a different way is only going to create conflict internally. So just accept that this is where we're at right now. Accept that we don't know how long this is going to last. Accept that the only thing that you can do is take responsibility for how you show up right now. That's it. And the only thing you can do for your wife, your, your kids, you know, you, the only thing you can do as a coach, the only thing you can do as anybody to help in any way and to help yourself is to, you know, take responsibility for yourself and work on yourself. So, you know, just reminding people of that right now is really, really important. I love that. I mean, you touched on three key factors that I think are important for anybody during any part of their life. It's discipline, it's acceptance, and it's ownership. Mm. And I loved what you said about acceptance and how resistance can be such an impediment to a person's you know, way of being in the moment and also the actions that they decide to take. A quote right. that was shared with me that I love is, you know, what you resist persists. Mm. So it ends up just staying there as opposed to when you access acceptance and not acceptance in the way that you're like waving the white flag and giving up, but right. acceptance, like you said it, like, okay, this is the situation. These are the facts of the matter right now. Based off me accepting that, how am I going to move forward to ensure that I am being my best self, that I'm thriving, that I'm growing, that my health and my immunity is robust? Mm. How do I move with that type of energy? And a lot of that comes down to exactly what you said. It's this discipline. Right. It's 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 doing what is required for the big grand vision of yourself. It's being committed to your commitments and being committed to your vision as opposed to being committed to your feelings. Yeah. Because when a person's committed to their feelings, it's so easy you know, to wake up one morning, be a little tired and say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to flip back over and I'm going to get another two hours of sleep because right. I don't, quote unquote, feel like feel it. Feel it, yep. You know what I'm saying? Whereas when a person understands their why, like you spoke of, they're going to get up and they're going to pop up out of that bed and they're going to go do what is required of them in that moment because they understand the big picture. And then that's what makes it so easy every day Right when you wake up to jump right into your morning routine, to go Absolutely. jump in that cold shower, to sit down for that 10 minutes and get your meditation in, to go journal for five minutes, to go get your supplements or your food or whatever it is that you use to jumpstart your body. But it really does start with those three things that you spoke of. Yeah. And I think that's super, super powerful. Steve, for the people who don't really know too much about your journey, you know, you know, I, when I met you, you were already like a rock star. Like you're already out here mm. crushing it. You move like a fucking beast. Like the words <laughs> don't do it justice. Like if you see Steve move and we'll make sure you get his Instagram and all his information, like Steve moves like a fucking literally like an animal, literally an animal. And it's so <laughs> impressive. And then on the other side, too, not only is he a great athlete and he moves well, but his mindset is so sharp. He's such an intelligent dude. We, we nerd out on all the different new research and all the old methodologies and rap about what books we're reading. And what I would love to know, Steve, is how did you get jump started into this path? Mm. When did this start for you 10 years ago? My story is, is one of desperation, believe it or not. It was not always this way for me. Um, I came and arrived at this whole quest for better health from that place of desperation and that became my motivation because I was a young kid and just saw I saw the way that my family health was playing out I saw my mom you know battle extreme yo-yo dieting and obesity I saw you know my grandparents both pass away one in the 50s one in the 60s far too young I saw my auntie pass away in her 40s all of these all of these you know 
traumatic events happening to me as a kid that couldn't really make sense of it from chronic lifestyle diseases. And, you know, that's very scary when you hear this thinking that, you know, kind of genetics is what, you know, predisposes you to that. So I'm looking at what's going on. And I'm, and by the way, I'm a chubby kid and I'm self-conscious because I've been watching and picking up all of the, 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 the cues from my mom about how she validates herself based on her weight. And, you know, if she's had a good week at, at the Weight Watchers or whatever, she's happier. But if she's not, she's down. So I'm already, you know, picking up that energy and thinking that like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a bit self-conscious and I'm a bit heavy and, you know, that's, that's not good. So I'm, all of this stuff is coming in. And now I think that, you know, we're just destined in my family to have, you know, cancer or heart disease or whatever it is. So that was very, very scary for me. And then I can't really put my finger on what the divine spark of inspiration was to, to, to basically say, hold up, there's got to be a different way. You have to be able to break the mold. You have to. But something pushed me on that path. And it was just this commitment to like not accepting that. Like I didn't want to accept that. I didn't want that for me. And, you know, I'd, I'd dealt with these kind of feelings for, for many years and was just trying to outwork. I was trying to outwork the, the, the chubbiness. I was trying to outwork it by going to the gym more. And I was following, you know, a lot of the conventional advice around nutrition and diet and, and was not looking or feeling like I should have looked with the amount of work that I was putting in. But I was, I was following, you know, old paradigms that, that you and I would probably agree aren't serving people in many instances, like, you know, mm-hmm chronic calorie restriction and eat less, move more. And, and I was, you know, very scared of eating fats because I thought fat made you fat. And I was, you know, I was putting every, tracking every morsel of food and plugging it into a calorie counter and all of this nonsense. And I just happened to stumble upon a blog and it was Mark's Daily Apple, Mark Sisson, who mm. founded uh, and wrote The Primal Blueprint. And he basically, I remember reading the article that was all about giving up grains and how it transformed his athletic performance. And here I was, you know, eating oatmeal every morning and whole wheat wraps and, you know, side of whole wheat bread for dinner. And he basically right. said that he, he dropped extra weight and his uh, chronic joint issues went away and his performance went up. And at the time, this was kind of around the start of my MMA career and I was struggling with weight. You know, you got to compete in weight classes. So I was like, you know what, why, why don't I just try this thing? And I did a month without grains and transitioned more to that kind of uh, paleo lifestyle. And a lot of it just clicked for me immediately. You know, that, that inflammation did go away. Pain in my knees went away. You know, I lost probably like five to 10 pounds in a month of, you know, stubborn lower belly fat that I hadn't been able to shift for a long, long time. And my energy was really good. And I started to realize, oh, you know, I don't need... Um, you know, like a ton of oats and a banana before a workout, I can actually get by on, you know, eggs instead. And it was just a, it was a paradigm shift for me. So that opened Pandora's box to really questioning everything that I thought I knew. And that was, you know, back when I was, you know, 18 years old then, and now I'm 30. So it's been a long journey ever since of just, you know, learning and applying and using myself as kind of the, the test dummy for all of these things and finding some stuff that really works and finding some stuff that didn't. And, you know, just continuing to, to walk that path and really tweak and apply what was useful. Mm. Mm. Man, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And I resonate so much with your story, especially when it comes to how I watched my parents grow up and my mm. grandparents and how my family always ate. And there is this huge misconception around genetics where it's like, okay, you know, if your mom had breast cancer, then you should expect to get breast cancer right. or, okay, your dad died from a heart attack and his dad died from a heart attack. So you're more likely to die from a heart attack. Right. And what I found is it's not the genetics at all. It's just that all these people in the same family lived more or less the same exact lifestyle. Bingo. They all ate the same bullshit. They all had the lack of like just mobility and just yep. not moving very sedentary stationary life a lot of them had this victim mindset yep. or they didn't think that they could grow or that they could change so they just did whatever they saw around them and that still goes on today i see it all the time 100%. and yeah and, and it's and it's tough because now i'm in this place where i really work to be more empathetic and compassionate to that because before that, when I was on my journey and I was learning about these new ways to eat and how you found it through a lot of Mark Sisson's work, mm. I found it through a lot of Sally Fallon and mm. Weston A. Price's work. And once I learned it, I was just trying to like 
like literally force feed it to my mom. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And to other people. And it, it didn't really hit me until, you know, it didn't click for my mom. And then my mom ends up passing away. And I had all this guilt around it mm. that I was like, okay, I get to learn a skill set to start meeting people where they're at better. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how much I know and how much I self-experiment and I and I gain all this newfound knowledge and all these positive consequences. If I can't package it and word it in a way that makes it appealing to somebody else. So I would love to hear what are some of the things that you found to be really effective in you being able to inspire people and jumpstart people on their path? Because I know you've worked with many, you've helped mm. so many. So I would love to hear your philosophy on how you go about that. Yeah, a lot of what you just said sounds sounds very familiar to me. You know, when you find uh, that there's a there's an easier way and a better way, and it, and you're feeling good, you kind of want to shout it from the rooftops, right? But it seems like the more <laughs> you preach to people, you can kind of push them away sometimes. Um, right. And I felt that with my own family. And now here I am talking to you and having this conversation. You know, many years in the future, my my mom resisted this a lot, and I wanted to help her because I saw that she was suffering and she was in pain, and she didn't want to hear it, and it because it was against the grain of everything that she'd heard before. Right. But Eventually, I, I, I kind of realized that I had to stop trying to change her, you know, and, and you can't try and change anybody else. And instead, what I kind of realized is that if you can just be the change you wish to see in the world, to, yes. to quote the homie Gandhi, right, Shout and out. just show that, you know, this is health and I'm doing it effortlessly, that that is more contagious. And that actually happened. You know, my mom came to me after a couple of years and was like, you know what, let's, let's, let's do this thing. Let's try it. Tell me what to eat. Tell me what to do. And, you know, since that day many years ago now, but she's, she's lost over 120 pounds and she radically changed her life. You know, she, she got her health back and she like swings kettlebells now and she's healthier and she's, you know, way more confident. And she got rid of psoriasis that she battled for the previous four years of her life, like all of these crazy things. So I think what, you know, that taught me more than anything else was essentially, she was like my first real client and I didn't reach her with you know, the, the, the sheer amount of knowledge that I could espouse about these different metabolic pathways. I, I actually got through to her by just being, by being the picture mm. of health. And that's more contagious because what I've also learned as a coach is that like, it's important to have the information. Absolutely. You've got to be able to take somebody on a journey from where they are to where they want to be. And a lot of that is going to be dependent on your knowledge and your expertise and your guidance. But what people want more than anything else is they want to feel a certain way, right? And whatever that feeling is, it might be confidence, it might be belonging, it might be any number of these things. And as a coach, you want to instill in them that you are the roadmap to that feeling. And that's kind of what I go for now is like, yes, we're going to do a deep dive on all of this stuff. We're going to figure out how you should eat and how you should move. But essentially, I want to know how you want to feel in this bag of skin that you reside in. And let's go come at it from there because health really is an inside out process for me. And it starts a lot with, you know, fixing, you know, the self-talk and finding these self-limiting beliefs, all the things that I found a lot later on my journey. But now I can kind of use that experience to, to take care of that stuff first and actually make this a very enjoyable process where we actually like we we eat this way because we want to and we get to instead of like oh i have to i have to lose this 20 pounds or i hate myself you know it's a much different experience so you know just so many tools in the toolbox and a lot of ways to skin a cat so to speak but i think the way that you know i've i've kind of realized is more powerful than ever is is to just you know work on yourself again and be the health and be that change and you know you'll inspire people that way and i think that's where a lot of people come to me from because they see that ah this actually is legit and it's a lifestyle and, it, and it's sustainable and it can be done and that instills hope that it can happen for them too and a lot of people have been you know fighting and, and failing along the way so they, they need that kind of you know ha uh, hope a hundred percent a hundred percent man there's so much there's so much that we can unpack on what you just said there. And one of the big things that's coming up for me is how being coaches as, as you and I are coaching is it's this constant dance between it being like a science and an art. Like, just like what you said, it's like, yeah, we can hit people with all the facts and all the numbers and all the information and like, yeah, that builds credibility and like, that's cool and all it does have its place. But so much more of it 
is just being able to one just be right like walking your talk being that example like be that living roadmap for other people and then it's also meeting them where they're at like understanding like okay so you try to do the whole bodybuilding workout like just work one muscle a day for an hour and 30 minutes and you're realizing that's not getting you what you were looking for oh you've been eating all of the you know super dry chicken breast uh dry vegetables you know a sweet potato not going into quality or anything like that and you know haven't been seeing results you even became a vegan and you're still not seeing the results you want and it's understanding like there's a more efficient way of doing it and it starts with really understanding why you want to make these changes yeah is it because you want more confidence is it because you want to show up more powerfully for your loved ones or your colleagues is it because you want to be able to take that tropical vacation and wear a two-piece bathing suit right. and and be and just feel great about how you look it's all of those things and i love the story of your mom because bro just hearing about your mom losing you know, 120 pounds and just starting to swing kettlebells and just feeling so much better and more powerful in her own life is is really just like reassurance to me of what's possible out there. And that I, I'm confident that my mom would have went through the same exact transformation had I met her where she was at. Yeah. Just a little bit better. And something that that I make up, but I think is very true, is that it's so easy to be really hard and be unforgiving to the people that are closest to us Yeah, when it comes to family members. And I would love for you to go even deeper into like that psychology of why you decided to just be that change that you wanted to see in the world, to quote Gandhi. Mm. Because I talk to people all the time now, and I even have some clients who their frustration or something they're trying to break through is their relationship or relationships with family members where they can't access that same compassion that they can access for, you know, a colleague or a friend or a stranger. So I would love to hear deeper, like what really allowed you to like separate and go from this place of like trying to like force, force, force and do, 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 and just be able to tap into being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a really important it's a really important one to try and unpack because like you said, anybody that is in any kind of relationship and and this just isn't romantic, it's going to be familial relationships and everything outside of that. If they go on a health journey and transform and they care about people, they are going to want to bring them along with them, right? It's that, that idea again of like, there's a better way guys and everybody follow me. But I, I think the first thing we have to do is firstly like, own and acknowledge and actually respect the fact that the reason you you push so much for the people that you love and it's so hard is because you love them that's mm-hmm. why and why would you want to give them that so badly because you love them i think it's actually rooted in fear and 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 the reason i think it's rooted in fear is it because it's it's a fear in losing them if they don't change you know mm-hmm. what i mean and that might yeah. be metaphorical in the fact that I am moving in a different direction than you and if you get too far out of arm's reach from somebody on your own personal journey it can be hard to kind of reconnect and find common ground again but it also could be rooted in the fear of physically losing someone that we know that not being healthy is one of the leading causes of death you know and that chronic disease is 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 an epidemic and seven out of every ten deaths is is linked to a chronic disease so it's not like we're you know, it's not like we're numb to these ideas that if we see someone we care about not being healthy, that they are not going to live as long as they could if they were healthy. So I think, you know, there's this firstly, having compassion for yourself and understanding that the reason this is like kind of pushing your buttons and triggering you so much. And the reason you want to like kind of shake people and be like, wake up is because you love them. And because you love them, you have a fear that you might lose them if you can't get through to them. And that is actually like, it's, it's, it's really noble actually, you know, and it's really like, it's because you care, but it's only when you can recognize that, can you actually be like, Oh, you know, I see that and thank that part of you, but also let that go because we also do understand this idea that we can't change anybody there's nothing we can say that can change somebody's mind they have to come 
to that conclusion for themselves. And the longer we stay stuck in that energy where we're just, you know, doing this and trying to impact somebody else who's not listening to us, the, the more resistance we create. And the only thing we can really do is, is try to be that source of inspiration and focus on ourselves in the hope that, you know, that, that, that one day, you know, that, that those actions are going to speak louder than words and hopefully they'll come to you. But you know, that, that that's not a reflection on you you know it's not whether they whether they listened and heeded your advice or not it's not a reflection on you because mm. everybody else is on their own journey you know and they're dealing with their own stuff and they might have all of this other stuff that that you don't have because they're dealing with their stuff and and what they had in childhood and their limiting beliefs about what they're capable of and i think a lot of times we can oversimplify what we think somebody else is going through because we're not in their head. So we're like, why can't, you know, my mom do this? Why can't my boyfriend do this? Why does my wife seem like she tries to self-sabotage my health journey? Not realizing that they're, they're dealing with their own stuff. And sometimes, you know, we just have to honor that, you know, and we've just got to, what do we do? Again, you know, it comes back to just focus on you. Just if you want to help other people, the only thing you can really do is work on yourself. So I think it was that kind of realization that actually the only thing I can do for, for my mom is work on myself and be a walking, talking, living example. And maybe one day I'll get through to her. And I was lucky that it happened. And, you know, there's been other times where it didn't happen and there's lessons to learn there too. So I think, you know, firstly like honor that part of you that really wants to help and save people because that's like the part of you that is compassionate but also at the same time relinquish this idea that you have to save people and you have to save the world you don't and you can't carry that burden with you because it's a it's a bloody heavy weight to carry you've just got to focus on yourself because that's hard enough that's a big enough battle anyway hmm. you know man that that was all beautifully stated one of my biggest takeaways that I got from that, and it's a lesson that I definitely learned after my mom passed away, it's that I can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped, or I can't help somebody that doesn't want my help. Yeah. And it's such a powerful lesson because at first I used to take things like that personally. Like if somebody didn't want my help or right. somebody wasn't listening to me, I started to look at myself and I was just like, damn, like, what is it about me that has them not want to do this? Mm. Where in retrospect, what it really is, is that it's just a reflection of that person. It's where they're at. Yeah. It's their current limiting beliefs. It's how they see their life or they see the world that is stopping them from, quote unquote, listening to my advice. Right. hundred percent. And and I think the, the subject of self-limiting beliefs is something that I really want to dive into with you. Because it's one of these, to me, it's one of these subjects that's like we've heard it before, like, oh, yeah, we have self-limiting beliefs. And I don't think people truly understand just how often and readily they show up every day in multiple moments throughout their life. And I would love to hear your thoughts and your experience with limiting beliefs and what's helped you one recognize them and understand what they are where they come from and then from there how you started to push past those self-limiting beliefs mm. yeah that's huge it's actually i think it's the fundamental pillar of mental health and i think it's 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 actually where i start with my coaching programs um so i have this like personal mantra that is almost like kind of sell people what they want, but then give them what they need. And what most people need is this, this skill that you're talking about, which is a practice and a skill. It's understanding where this self-talk comes from, what are self-limiting beliefs, where did I pick these up, why do I believe them to be true, and then can I turn a self-limiting belief into you know, a positive truth or whatever other kind of um, name you want to give it. So, you know, the, the, the self-talk thing fascinates me because the mind is just consistently going and it thinks like the heart beats and there's no shutting it off. And there's, there's no, you know, I wish it was as easy as, as, you know, all becoming enlightened like the Buddha and sitting mm -hmm. down and crossing our legs and clear your mind. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? But if anybody's ever tried that, they know that it's impossible to clear your mind. You're going to have thoughts and Yes, you can mind the gap a little bit longer and you can, you know, you can always come back to breath and work on that skill. But you'll see if you actually just observe your mind for a second that it's constantly going, 
constantly all the time. Estimates around 50,000 thoughts every single day. 50,000 thoughts every single day. And what's even more scary about that is that 80 to 90% of those thoughts can be the same thoughts as yesterday. So you are just like in this perpetual feedback loop where you're thinking incessantly, but you're also thinking the same things as you were yesterday. So if those messages that you're constantly telling yourself are negative in their very nature, then what do you think you're going to learn to believe, right? Like, because your mind is is like this supercomputer and you're constantly putting in this program. You're constantly running this code. And if this code is one of negativity and negative self-talk and self-limiting beliefs, then guess what? Your supercomputer is going to pick up a virus. But the virus mm-hmm. in this scenario here is is you. It's ourselves, right? Because we're the one that's talking to ourselves. And, and who is, you know, when, when I say those things like, and then I said to myself, well, who is I and who is myself and why are all these voices in my head? And you can, you know, you can start to really see that the mind is a trickster. And, you know, when we have these self-limiting beliefs that, that we repeat over and over again, to quote the, uh, the great Jim Quick, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. That's something hmm. he, I heard on a podcast like <laughs> a couple of years ago. And ever since it was just like, whoa. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. <laughs> so every time you wow. say something like, well, I'm a failure, well, I'm not smart enough, or I'm too old, or I'm too fat, or I'm broken, or I'm, I'm, I'm bad at relationships, like every time you say one of those things and you fight for that limitation, you get to keep it. Wow, because we're all doing that like all day long. We're fighting for our limitations. And only when you can become aware of that can you actually start to steer your ship in a little bit of a different direction. So the first the first um, kind of step here logically is to start to try and pay more attention to your self-talk. Start to mm-hmm. listen to the voice in your head, understanding this fundamental point here that you are not the voice in your head. Right. You are the one that hears it. And right. if you are the one that hears it, then you don't need to self-identify with it so much. So when you hear yourself say, nah, I'm too fat, you can not just self-identify with that and become this person that is too fat and believes they are too fat. You can say, ah, look at my mind doing that thing again. And now you can change that. You can change that. You can say, well, you can say, ah, I caught myself saying I'm too fat. What if I am, you know, full of unlimited potential and I've not just filled that yet? What if I am not the way I want to look yet. We can do a lot of wordsmithing with our self-talk to change that, but we first have to identify it, right? Because without awareness, we can't change anything. So I think fundamentally that self-talk becomes these self-limiting beliefs. And these self-limiting beliefs were given to you by other people. And what that means is at some point on your journey, whether you were five years old, 15 years old, you had a scenario where you had to adapt to survive and fit in. And that might not necessarily mean like you had to fight life and death, but in survival, we're talking about being accepted, being liked, fitting in. So you kind of donned this invisible suit of armor, this self-limiting belief that allowed you to fit in in that scenario. But like I said, this might have been when you was five years old. And if you never took that piece of armor off, that story and that self-limiting belief that was installed potentially by other people or in a scenario that might be 20 years old is still with you right now and has become a part of you because you've told it to yourself over and over and over again. So, you know, I think we just have to, we have to become aware of it and do the work to go in and start to strip these layers of armor off and, and really understand that if a self-limiting belief is something that, that is a story that we tell ourselves, that we've come to believe then we can unlearn that story too. And we have to unlearn it the way that we learned it. And that is by practicing unlearning it and by finding it and identifying it when it comes up and getting to the root cause of it and trying to figure out where this piece of kit was installed and then deleting it and installing some new software. And, yes. you know, it's a it's a lengthy, lengthy process, but I think it's one of the most important things you could possibly do because it, it'll free you from a lot of unnecessary suffering, um, which a lot of is, is, you know, self-inflicted and we don't even know what's going on. Man, you're so right. And this idea of awareness being so pivotal in anybody's growth and anyone's journey, because like you said, if you don't, if a person doesn't notice that something is going on, well, they can't change it then. Right. And and the awareness piece is, is so fascinating to me because it applies to 
every single part of mm-hmm. life. Like it's been such a foundational tool in my development that I'm always trying to find new ways to incorporate it. And I love what you said about meditation because like you said, thoughts, like we're, we're humans and we have our brain and we're meant to have all of these thoughts. Mm. And like you said, when we can actually realize that we are not our thoughts, we are the person witnessing the thoughts, we're the person hearing the thoughts, well, boom, that's the first step in actually being able to distinctly separate yourself from the thoughts that come up. And that's one of the same foundational pillars I start with my clients. It's understanding that you are not your thoughts. And the way they get to practice that is by meditating. And it's just constantly just being mindful and being aware. Okay, oh, there goes that thought again of me Mm. not being good enough. Okay, great. There it is. Let me let it pass and let me go back to my anchor point. Let me come back to my breath. Okay, there goes that thought of me being broke and I'm never going to have enough money. Okay, let me separate myself. Let that go. And that's something that people can practice literally hundreds or thousands of times a day because we do have these 50,000 thoughts (laughs) that come up. Exactly. And, And it all starts there. But so many people, and I, and I still fall victim to this many times where I'll just be running on automatic yeah. and I'm so caught up in my shit that I, I don't take the time to like separate myself from the situation that I've made up in my head. I haven't taken myself out of the story that mm. I'm creating. However, what I've noticed through meditation and just practicing stillness through these last five years is that I catch it a lot quicker now and I'm able to reframe. I can step left and I can start anew. I can start fresh. And I think that's something that's very important for the listeners to realize that no matter where you are right now in your journey or no matter where your mindset is or how you view your thoughts or how little you meditate, just by being open to constantly working on being aware can be such a critical and profound step in ensuring that you grow in a way that benefits you, that supports your big dream and it supports your life. So I really appreciate you bringing that part up because awareness is really the foundation. Yeah. It's all about awareness. And it's interesting. So we had a great conversation, maybe like, I don't know when we think that was like, maybe like a month and a half ago, two months ago where you know, we were both in this place where I was doing a transformational leadership development program. Mm. You were also doing a program to better yourself and help you out with your business. And we came up with this, like, you know, this serendipitous conversation because I had just happened to be thinking of you. I just like hit you up. It was a number that you didn't have saved and you picked up the phone because you felt it. And we went into this deep, deep conversation on where we were in our personal and professional development and a commonality that we both shared was how we weren't fully recognizing our greatness. Yep. I know for me personally, I thought I was coming from this place of being humble, showing humility, but what it really was, was um, it was almost like a feeling of like, it was like an unworthiness conversation. Mm. Right. Like I, I took all the things that I have learned and all of the experiences that I've had and literally like the hundreds of people that I've helped up to that point. And I kind of just said like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just what I do. And what I didn't realize until I did this program was, oh, wow, because I'm not truly recognizing this and I'm not celebrating all of my wins that I've had up to this point. It makes me play small and it makes me not go after the big, big things that I want. And since that point, you know, I've, I've changed the way I've, I do my work. I changed my yeah. pricing structure. I've brought in so much more abundance and I'm giving so much more value. Now, I would love for you to share your experience of what you've been going through in the last like, you know, three to six months where you've really taken yourself on in a whole different way. And even though you've achieved so much up to this point, it's like you decided to grow exponentially from where you are now. Yeah. And, and it was such a, a like a, 
a very serendipitous moment when you called, like you said, because it was just both of us arriving at this realization that like, if you are willing to be vulnerable enough to show up and invest in yourself and do the work, then you can uncover untold potential that you never knew really existed in you. And it really, I think, you know, vulnerability is probably the key word though. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, I do the work. It's another thing to like say, well, how much of the work are you willing to go? How many layers of that armor are you willing to take off? How deep into that innermost cave are you willing to go? And the innermost cave is 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 uh, Joseph Campbell esque and his hero's journey. And I have been you know really nerding out on that recently as like a, a mythological story as to how we, you know, kind of run through our lives. And you know, it, it's it's almost like step step five of the hero's journey this part where you cross the threshold essentially where you adopt this responsibility you're now ready to act on your true call to action and you're really truly ready to step up to the adventure and this is because it's where you start to feel like you are worth of worthy of more and, and you are making an impact and you are powerful probably beyond you your measure that you even realize but with that crossing the threshold is going to come the tests and there's going to come the allies, you know, friends along the way. And there's going to come the enemies and the enemies might be, you know, internal. It's going to be those stories bubbling back up to the surface saying, are you sure you want to do this, Danny? Remember when you did that one time and you failed? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it culminates in, in the, 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 you know, the approach to the innermost cave. And to quote Joseph Campbell, he says, the, the cave you fear to enter has the treasure you need the most. And I think that cave for most of us is is internal, right? It's really stepping up. It's really, you know, going after whatever that thing is, that that fear that stops us from going after it, whether it's a career jump, whether it's a, a relationship switch we need to make, whether it's just showing up for ourselves, there's usually some element of fear. But if we go after that thing and we're vulnerable enough to, you know, own that fear and go after it, then the the most growth lies on the other side of that. And I think, you know, that's kind of a path that both of us are walking right now and something that, you know, is also powerful beyond measure because when you do that and when you talk about these kind of things you also give permission for other people to do that too Mm. and that is really important because we've got a lot of people that are just a little bit stuck right now and and maybe they're being ruled by their self-limiting beliefs and they don't feel like they have this potential and they don't feel like they can do all of this and and be something more but we all can and i think what we need really is to you know meet those those mentors meet those people that that can inspire us and then go on our own journey so i think you know that's that's you know what's going on in my life it sounds like it's what's going on in yours and it sounds like you know those those allies align along the way and you find these kind of people that help you keep leveling up and you know your vibe attracts your tribe and all of that stuff is very very true but you've got to have the vulnerability to 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 own where you're at and really ask the deeper questions about are you playing small are you unhappy are you unhealthy and if the answer is yes to those questions well are you willing to you know go to that cave you fear to enter and see what what the treasure is Mm, man vulnerability is such a powerful tool and i know for me growing up whenever i heard being vulnerable i thought that meant being soft i thought that meant being scared I thought that meant being like, you know, just like a dweeb. Like, that's the way I always looked at it. That's the way I was conditioned growing up. And it wasn't until very recently where I truly embodied and felt the power of it. Because don't get me wrong. I think there's even a a distinction between like being open and being vulnerable. Like, I, I you know, the last five years I've been very open. But I don't think I've been very vulnerable in the sense of like, looking really deep within myself and see like, yo, where did these stories of scarcity come from? Where do these stories of not wanting to play big come from? What's that all about? And since I've been able to tap into this more and being in this program where I was with, you know, 28 other leaders, I realized that when I show up vulnerably, just like you said, it gave other people the opportunity to search deep within themselves and find so many treasures that they had been looking for. And I want to invite everybody listening right now to take the challenge of accessing vulnerability. Yeah. Whether that's through journaling 
and really just going inside and saying like, hey, like what 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 are these stories that I'm really telling myself? What are these self-limiting beliefs or going in front of the mirror and saying like, man, how do I really feel about how I'm going about life right now? Mm. And how do I feel like I'm contributing into every facet of my life, whether it's my health, finances, relationship with a significant other, relationships with family, friends, colleagues. How am I approaching my leisure part of my life? How is my community aspect of my life going? Like really looking into all of those domains Mm. and deciding like, hey, I get to be vulnerable, take inventory. And once I see things come up, be vulnerable enough to seek help, to seek guidance. Like you said, Steve, to look for mentors that have already been there that have already crossed that bridge, that have built that bridge so that you don't have to go through all of the hardships or mistakes that they did. Yeah. And it's also having people, and this is where I feel like like your and I relationship is so special, where we're very much on the same path and we're, we're, we've, we've slayed a lot of the same demons and we're still fighting a lot of the same demons. And it's like, okay, how do we support each other and big each other up? Because I can brag about you all day and you can brag about me all day. And there was times where I couldn't brag about myself all day and you couldn't brag about yourself all day because we've had that conversation. And something I want to really challenge people to do is while you're going in and you're being vulnerable, go ahead and tap into your greatness. Realize and recognize all of the amazing things that you've done in your life that you're doing currently and all of these like altruistic and just amazing plans you have for the future and celebrate it because I know I wasn't doing that. And it wasn't until I really started to acknowledge my greatness that allowed me to step up so much more powerfully, whether it's by starting my podcast, raising my prices, like bringing in a whole different level of clientele where I'm working with people who make like huge, huge, huge impacts in the world. And I would just love to hear you, Steve, talk about how important it is for a person to recognize the gift they are and the greatness that they already possess and show. Yeah, it's it's unbelievably powerful, man. And and there's a few things that I just want to piggyback on, on what you said as well, because you hit the nail on the head. Like all of this is within us. Um, you're a walking miracle. Every person listening to this is actually like the the chances of you even being born like b- breaks this idea of you know just just normalcy. Your your chances of even being born are four hundred trillion to one. That's like you have more chance of winning the lottery twenty times over in your lifetime than your sperm actually meeting that egg and you being in this incarnation. And no one with your genes, your skin, your atoms will ever exist ever again. So like, do you think that was some kind of accident or could that potentially be some divine miracle that you are here and you have enormous potential and power and are you willing to step up to that? Because that can be very scary too because with great power comes great responsibility, right? So it's not like you just have to say, okay, cool, I'm ready to step up to that and and you're going to get all of the answers. You've still got to do the work, right? You have to do the work and I think, you know, the mentorship part of that is huge. And you hit the nail on the head. You've got you've to have the, the humility to, to, to do that. And true humility consists of two things, really. And it's number one, owning your limitations. And then number two, getting the help that you need. And that can be found now in today's world. You can find that in podcasts. You can find that in books. You can find that in coaches. You can find that in, you know, in, in your divine wisdom, in meditation. You can find that through elders you can find that through plant medicines there's many many ways you can do this and uh, and you know just just really taking that responsibility and and i just want to put this out there as well because we are two men having this conversation and there's definitely men listening this is needed now more than ever particularly for our male brothers because that's what you said coming in you think as vulnerability which which this whole conversation is about vulnerability really wow. is some kind of weakness because that's kind of the, the the idea that we've been sold you know that vulnerability is is weakness and as men we are strong and we don't show vulnerability because we're not weak but that is you know 
rooted in this immature masculine energy, this boy psychology almost, that, that actual vulnerability is a superpower. That's mature masculine. That's like that divine Shiva energy. That is a superpower because once you can choose to become vulnerable, you're no longer vulnerable. It's a choice and now it's a superpower. And I think a lot of people are actually vulnerable because they refuse to be vulnerable and they don't even realize it. And I think men fall into this trap more so because we're all posturing and we're running around stuck in this boy psychology that we have to be strong and we have to have all the answers. And if we ask for help and we seek out the mentors that we are somehow broken or a failure because come on, bro, you should have been able to figure that out with a YouTube video and an instruction manual. And we confuse, <laughs> you know, we confuse humility for humiliation but these things are so so important and we actually you know my push to to the men listening is to you know drop all of those stories and own your vulnerability and have the humility to 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 know your limitations and ask for the help that you need and that is your path to you know really unlocking your inner potential now of course that applies to everybody man woman or whatever <laughs> you know you've right. just got to you know, you've really got to, you've really got to own that divine potential that you have and that power and then do the work. You know, I wish it was as easy as, you know, just, just clicking your fingers and saying, cool, I am really special. Yes, you are. Each and every one of us are. And sometimes, like you said, we have a hard time clapping for ourselves, but we're really good at clapping for other people. So mm -hmm. we've got to get better at that stuff while simultaneously being willing to walk the walk and you know and do the work and that's where we'll really find this blend of of sharing our magic and finding purpose in the world and finding meaning in the world and that doesn't even necessarily have to be you know coaching and helping other people you can find that meaning in the world being a cleaner being a coffee you know working in a coffee shop it doesn't matter what you do it's just that you own your power it's the way that you do it so i think you know a lot of people just need that reminder that they they have enormous potential within them and are they unleashing it on the world or are they kind of holding it back from this place of fear man man powerful 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 words and I hope everyone that's listening right now really takes the on on this challenge. Like, go within and look at yourself and decide to be vulnerable and understand that by accessing this vulnerability, growing out of it, whether it's through a mentor, whether it's through your own divine wisdom, it's plant medicine, whatever it is, once you get into that vulnerable space and you're able to take that and help that naturally bring to fruition your natural gifts, your superpowers that are here to share with the world. Now access even more vulnerability and go share those gifts unapologetically, no matter how it might look to everybody else. Because when you know that you are truly tapping into your power and you are sharing those gifts, whether that's being the best barista, the best teacher, the best police officer, the best personal trainer, the best accountant, the best CEO, whatever it is, when you show up as your best self, we create a better world. And Steve, you nailed it on the head. Like we need this now more than any time. Yeah. And man, I really appreciate you coming on and having this conversation around really just all things growth and how that really starts with vulnerability mm. because I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again. Like, like my goal is to make vulnerability cool. Yeah. Like, like make that a real tool that people aspire for and see how it helps them just help their life and the lives of everyone around them in a tremendous, tremendous way. So man, I can't thank you enough for this conversation. Yeah, man, it was a beautiful conversation and an important conversation too. And I think you're you're spot on. Vulnerability should be cool. It really should be. It's like I said, it's a superpower. And you know, even if you get hung up on the word because it's got some baggage, which you know we all know can happen, just mm -hmm. think about what vulnerability is and swap it out if you want to. It's really just bravery. Like vulnerability yeah. is bravery. It's courage. And remember, like bravery isn't never not being, you know, never being scared and just being this like absolute beast that never feels fear. No, bravery encourages having the fear and doing it anyway, you know, taking the leap, showing the vulnerability, opening up, whatever those things are. So hell yeah, let's make vulnerability great again. Can we get some hats or some shit? Oh, it? we need them. We need it. They might not be red, but we're going to get those hats. Let's get them. Make vulnerability <laughs> great again. I love it. Ow, I love that. And Steve, man, I appreciate you, brother. Where can everyone listening to this find you? Um, pretty much just go to Instagram and peak primal health. That's where you'll find me 
showing up, talking about many of these topics we talked about today, and that's where you'll find links to connect further if you'd ever like to do that. So that's Peak Primal Health and Instagram. Try and do a daily rant about all things health and wellness and just yeah. provide val- just provide value in general. So I look forward to connecting with you there. Jump into the DMs and say hello if you listen to this podcast and let me know what, uh, what your big takeaway was from this message. Mm, beautiful. And please, ladies and gentlemen, take Steve up on that. He is a beast. He is literally the divine masculine like he is all of that and if you have the pleasure of being able to get coached by him in all these different facets of life please 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 take him up on that because you're not going to regret it again steve thank you my brother i honor you i appreciate you and until next time my man until next time brother it was a great chat thank you